Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. You know, this show really grows through word of mouth. Uh, We don't do any real advertising for our podcast. People just talk about it and then ta-da, people start to subscribe. Word of mouth is the way to go. And we want to thank James up in Hendersonville, Tennessee for suggesting and referring and spreading the word of mouth of savewithconrad.com. We hooked him up and he left us a five-star review and he had this to say, this process was as easy as it could have been. Jimmy and the team were on top of things from the very beginning. The communication was great and I'll be recommending you all to anyone who asks. Great job. Thank you, James. We take pride in helping people save money and making it fast and easy. I get it. You're listening to a wrestling podcast and you want to hear wrestling stories. You don't really want to hear mortgage talk. I feel strongly that saving money is important. You know, if it's not something we worry about now, boy, we are really going to worry about it later. And I want to help you get out of debt faster and do it with cheaper monthly payments. I'm talking to you. If you're in a 30 year loan, now is the time to take years off of your loan. We're routinely helping our listeners cut five, 10, even 15 years off their loan. And you can do this without perfect credit with no money out of pocket. You've just got to start at savewithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Seriously, if you're in a 30-year loan, please let me run the numbers. You'll be glad you did. Savewithconrad.com. Welcome to something to wrestle with. Something to wrestle with. Bruce Pritchard. Well, you know. That's not a rib. She booted. There's no box of gimmicks. Rumor and innuendo. I don't deal in rumor and innuendo. Was he there? I was there. I don't give a shit. (laughs) I ain't scared. I ain't scared to shit. Fuck him. You, Bruce. I love It's Conrad Thompson, and you won't believe it. Bruce fucking Pritchard's here. Bruce, what's going on, man? How are you? Who is this? Well, we used to know each other a long time ago. You used to come down. You'd hang out here at the Conradison. You had the brother love suite. 
man, it was a good time. But then I know, but I hear the brother love suite is, is, is going away. Yep. It is indeed going away. We're pretty proud of that. Uh, I guess it'll be probably the summer and we'll have a, a full time summer, summer, summer. That's the song. You know that, right? I, I mean, for a minute you thought like, like, like the cars and it just mysteriously entered into the atmosphere for which it is that we exist within this existence <laughs> of things. First so, of all, honey, what do you say? I got shit in my throat, man. I got to get it out. She I'll, got a brand new record. I got a place. It's not now, boy, but I did anyway. Cause I'm ready. So ready. Go. This is when you're that next level tired and you just get punch drunk. Am I right? How? My tongue right between your jeans. I haven't made love now for 35 weeks. They say that you're so tight. Your love is squeaks, but I'm ready. Is that, are those really the words to that song? That's dirtier than I thought. Oh yeah, definitely words like uh, you know, as you ain't seen nothing till you down on a muffin. It shall be a change of ways. That cheerleader was a real young bleeder all the times I can reminisce. But the best things love was a sister and a cousin, and started with a little kiss like this. You gotta listen, man. You gotta listen, cause the light at the end of the tunnel, maybe you. I don't know what's going on, but I'm really glad that you're here. You know why, baby? Cause why? you got the right key, baby, but the wrong. Key ho yo. Oh, yo. Okay. So now you're getting into rap, Bruce. I like it. Listen, we're excited that you're here. We've had to play a couple of remixes. Of course, it's WrestleMania season, but we're back at it and I can't believe it. But, uh, of all the topics, because I ran you through and I said, Hey man, we can do this one or we can do that one or we can do this one. And you said, now nah, let's do the Q and a one because we did ask for questions and we got hundreds of them, but I'm curious, why'd you want to do a Q and a episode today? Well, I mean, I, I, I hear that you do them all the time and I figured you could at least do one that's entertaining every now and then. Oh, you don't think orange shows any good. I've never heard it. Well, uh, go, go listen, check it out for us. It's at the orange show on Twitter or just look up yeah. orange. It's on Twitter. not you. I know you don't have time, but I'm just saying some folks here listening can, can listen to a Q and a, Hey, so seriously though, uh, we are going to, uh, try to get back on track. You've been a little busy. Is that fair to say, Bruce? <laughs> that would be fair to say a little bit, man, a little bit, a little bit here, a little bit there. Going to get even busier and then, uh, just go back to normal, whatever normal is, whatever that means. But our plan is to drop a couple of WrestleManias on you before this year's WrestleMania. Bruce, I, I, like know, we, I know we don't talk about current stuff, but how excited are you that there's going to be wrestling in front of a live crowd again? Oh God, very much. So I, I can hardly wait. You know, you, you spend, you spend your entire life uh, working for that reaction from an audience and, and that instantaneous reaction. You have a focus group every single night and that focus group hasn't been there. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited, you know, it'll be, uh, be a wonderful thing. It will be a wonderful thing. We're all excited. Uh, even your dogs are excited. I hear them in the background and they sound healthy. Thanks to our friends at solid gold, but that's a story for another time. What the hell? Can I go yell at them? I mean, you're going to yell at them either way. So let's let the audience hear you yell at the dogs. It'd be fun. Dodger! Walter! Damn it, shut up! 
Yeah. They listen to me just like my kids. I love that you did a Vince, even to the dogs. Is that just the habit now? You just yell like Vince. Did you even know you yelled like Vince? How did I yell like Vince? God damn it. Shut up. I mean, you did your Vince impression to yell. No, that's, that's doggy talk. Oh, okay. See, I thought Roger's best boy, puppy dog. He's a good boy. God damn it. You're a good boy. Mm, let me pet you. Mm. Do you think Vince doggy talks? I can't. Oh, yeah. You've seen it. Yeah. He's over there rubbing like, oh, he's a good boy. All that shit. Yeah. Well, the, the fuck man. He speaks dog. I don't <laughs> He's well, like, dog. you don't speak fucking dog, man. You got to speak dog. You got to speak their language. You can't expect them to learn fucking for them to speak human. I love it. I mean, Dodger does, but Hey, I'm recording. Boy, I'm recording this so we can clip it out, but we said dog. I want to mention, uh, it's come out just this morning as you and I are recording, uh, that great friend of the show road dog had a bit of a health scare. His wife is asking for some uh, thoughts and prayers. We probably want to put their family at the top of our list this weekend. Do we not? Absolutely much loved road dog. I'm feeling him for you, man. And, uh, I'm going to give him a call as soon as we hang up here. Let's, uh, let's jump into it. Bruce is in the mood to do a Q and a, we're hoping to get you a couple of WrestleMania episodes. If you're curious, we're definitely going to do WrestleMania 12 because that is a show that is near and dear to Bruce. And it's on the docket for us to do 22 as well. Ask uh, me some questions. I'll tell you some lies. Ask me. Wait. Is that a song? Is it? I mean, it is now. I didn't know that that was okay. I mean, I believe you. It's what I do, man. I learn you. I learn you every day, man. I'll be teaching you and shit. You hang around the learning tree. You get learned. Hey, I do want to mention before we get going, I know you're ready for questions and I keep teasing it, but it came out a couple of days ago as we're recording here, the cane is joining the, his rightful place in the, uh, in the hall of fame. And, uh, you and I have talked a lot about Kane just yesterday on the main feed. We did a remix of the cane debut. All these years later, that's still one of your very favorite storylines and characters in the history of wrestling. So I'm sure you're thrilled for your friend, Glenn Jacobs getting in the hall of fame. Oh, I thought you were talking about my son, Kane. Oh, he's great. I was going to say, I missed a lot. (laughs) What the hell? Yes. Uh, extremely, extremely happy for him and, and very proud. Um, because that's one of those creations and talents and characters that has lasted several, several, um, manifest. Yeah. Just everything. He's, he's great. Alumna death. Glenn Jacobs, the human being and the character and characters in which he is portrayed. Even love Katie Vick. Much love word. Katie Vick, man. See, you know, these, this, these times you gotta remember her. Give love. <laughs> okay. Let's jump into it. DVD junkie says in a ribbing war, who does Bruce think would win Owen Hart or Mr. Fuji and why Owen would win because he's more fun and more creative. Fuji could be a little brutal at times and very, very, uh, sadistic. Owen was fun. Is it true that Fuji once fed a guy's own dog? That's you know, I've heard that legend. I don't know anybody that can actually confirm it. But you know that I I really think that that may be just Embellished. one of those old yeah. wives' tales that grew that uh, people you know they've, they've grown. I was there. I ate the foot. You know. I just <laughs> uh, 
He told me it was. He told me it was a chicken wing. It looked just like a chicken wing. Tastes just like a chicken wing. I'm just saying. I know you just yelled at your dogs, but if somebody failed you, Dodger fed you Dodger, you'd whip their ass. Yeah, they'd be dead. I mean, you'd show them why you were a three-time karate black belt Hall of Famer. Yeah, no, man, don't mess with dogs. Uh, have you seen, Hey, have you said, okay. See why I say that. So don't mess with dogs. Have you seen this really fucked up thing on, uh, on one of those streaming services about don't fuck with cats. Oh my God. It came out a year or two ago and it is unbelievable, dude. I, I couldn't, I, I got into it about four minutes into it and I was done. You're, you're, you're out. Do it. Oh, it's too brutal. Yeah. Yeah. I can't do that shit. No, I get that. Don't fuck with old people, women and dogs. Or animals in general. Uh, Jeff wants to know, had Yokozuna lost the weight and needed to continue working with WWE, what would have been the plans for him? I think Yoko could have had a, a just a long fucking career being that monster heel up and down and being someone that you could plug in any time that you needed somebody to gobble someone up. Now, we wouldn't want them to gobble somebody up because they might ain't put on more weight. So we just had him guzzle him. How's that? <laughs> if he did gobble him, he'd probably dip him in mayonnaise first. Uh, Damn right. Dan Barillo says, Bruce, you, Hi, once, Dan. you once said, quote, JR is a heel in real life on a previous something to wrestle. Can you expand on that? Um, JR is a heel in real life. Yeah. Apparently that's something you said. I think you were just busting balls. Well, yeah, I'm a heel in real life. Oh, I know you are. I mean, you live for the heat and, and even oh, fuck you. You're a heel in real life. I am folks. Conrad is a heel in real life. Would you like for me to go on and list the numerous ways in which he is a heel? You can list. All right. List a few and then I'll edit them out. If they're too far. You're mean. Cause see, I play a baby face on the show. You do. Yeah. But how am I mean? Give me an example. <laughs> I don't think I can. Thank you very much. Lindsay says, uh, why is Brock Lesnar just Vader of the new millennium? I don't know that I agree with that. Have you ever heard that comparison? God, no, I, I actually, I, I, I would disagree so much to that. I think that, uh, you know, Vader was, Vader was a monster of the day. Yep. And Vader was a, a pretty damn good character, but you know, Brock was a machine. Brock, Brock is someone who, who was trained in a physical specimen that unlike anything that I think I've ever seen. Lindsay has another follow-up. I'm doubling down on the Lindsay questions because, you know, we've got like 12 female listeners. So let's, let's do some of those. All right, rock on Lindsay. Come on. How would you rate Vince at commentating? And who would you <laughs> say is his fa- favorite commentary partner? And why was it Jerry Lawler? Oh God, no, I'd say it was Jesse Ventura was, was the best, uh, with Vince. And, uh, I look, Vince was terrible. Vince, Vince never called shit. It was like, oh, my, and then from there, ah, Yokozuna with an arm drag. <laughs> Wait a minute. He's got him. He's got him. One, two. Oh, no, oh, no. Um, Vince just was, was cliches and would take you on a ride. However, emotion wise. I think it, you would be hard pressed to find anybody that could match the 
emotional roller coaster that Vince would take you on. Um, sometimes it was hyped up a little bit uh, over the top. Yeah. But it was, I mean, I, I, to this day, I, I still do the, you know, what do I know? Uh, anytime or just, uh, it's just there because it was, there were, there were a lot of incisions back in the day. Oh, what a maneuver. I, I, I hope sometimes I just want to imagine, just lie to me and tell me this is the case. As you're seated next to Vince these days in gorilla, you both got the headsets on. You're both watching the monitor that you just break out into one, two, he got it. Oh no, he didn't. And Vince has to yell, God damn it. Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> Cut that shit out. Trying to watch the match. Uh, no, I, I did that. I'd probably be, you know, God damn, that's good shit. <laughs> mm, if only they could do that now. No, and I don't. I don't think that Vince ever f- fancied himself a great play-by-play guy. Was it more out of necessity? Do you think, just in terms of he knows what we're trying to sell better than anyone, so why not have him do it? In the beginning, without a doubt, it was out of necessity because his dad's play-by-play man just walked off the job one day. Wow. So, yeah that that was that was why Vince had to do that job, never having done it before. And then later on, it was, he was the guy, he was the face that had done it for so long that he continued to do it. When I came in 1987, the shit, probably the the very first or second month that I was there, that there was always a search for that next play-by-play guy. You know, even then in 87, it was like, he didn't want to do it. He, He wanted to find the right guy to come in and do play by play. Let's do another one here. And then we'll wrap things up with Lindsay. She says, who do you think was the last great territory guy? This has become a talking point over the last week or so, Bruce, because when we asked Jim Ross that he thought it was maybe stone cold. Some other people online said maybe it was more the undertaker. I've always thought it's probably gotta be, and I could be wrong on this Ric Flair because Ric Flair was like the last traveling NWA champion, what would your answer be for the last great territory guy? I think it would have to be flair. Okay. Um, and here's why, you know, for, for Steve, Steve worked Memphis, you know, on that Dallas thing with Jerry Jarrett and then Steve worked WCW and WWE for taker, uh, pretty much the same thing. Taker worked Dallas, Taker worked Tennessee Taker worked WCW and then came here. So they didn't go out and work the Don Owens territories, uh, the, the Charlottes, the Floridas, um, Mid-South and er- everywhere else in between. So as far as territory guys, Flair was in a different territory, <laughs> in a different town every day, every night as champion. Let's do one from, uh, Drew Landry. He says, what do you think is Hulk Hogan's best match? Well, in, in, so there, there's, there's two of them really, uh, well, three, God damn it. it, it it's a, it's a three way tie. Okay. One WrestleMania three with Andre, probably the most famous match. And will go down as the most historic match in wrestling history. Um, bar none. Two, WrestleMania six with Ultimate Warrior. 
in which I thought Hulk had a great performance and got the most out of Warrior that anybody could get. And his last great match was Rock. Yep. Uh, Toronto WrestleMania. That was the and, – and what I mean by that is it was the epitome of Hulk and Hulkamania and what that character was and just how good he was at it. Postamania brother says, does Bruce have any good uh, memories of Rod Trongard? Rod Trongard, Rod Trongard here in the Boston Garden along with Lord Alfred Hayes. Lord, how you doing? God, good to see you. Rod Trongard was a radio guy out of Minneapolis, I believe, and had that. That Rod Trongard. Uh, hey, how you, how you doing, Bruce? Good to see you. Good to see you. We're going to have a cocktail later on tonight. Maybe... Uh, Get some of that vodka. You're going to have a beer? I know you like your beer. I like my beer, too. Uh, Rod was had a face for radio. He His face looked like leather, just wrinkled leather, but had a fucking great voice, man. He had a booming radio voice and was a character on top of it. I thought that Rod Trongard was a really good play-by-play guy. He was a horrible on-camera guy. Because like he would come on camera and be about, oh, shit. Holy cow, man. Don't don't show that dude again. I think he's wanted for murder in about eight states. Um, but a wonderful, wonderful guy. And I had the pleasure of working with Rod for about two years. He came in and he did a lot of our cable things like the new England sports network, the Boston prison uh, stuff, the LA stuff, the, uh, Madison square garden network. And Rod would work with Alfred Hayes. I think he had to work with superstar Billy Graham. But after a while, I, I think that, uh, Rod just didn't want to do the travel anymore. And it was, again, we, we were looking for someone that also didn't scare people on camera. But great guy. I mean, a fun, 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 good guy. Postamania brother says, does Bruce have any good Todd Pettengill stories? Or did he get to see him when he came back for the NXT in your house? Todd Pettengill, I think was okay. Another radio guy. So yep. this must be a radio guy asking old Postamania, uh, oh no. Uh, it's Todd Pettengill. I thought was the most natural to slide into the role that he did as far as an interviewer and a host. Todd was a great host, very, very talented. And he was a natural. Todd didn't need a lot of producing. Todd knew what to do, knew how to do it, and felt uh, very natural doing it. So I thought that he was great, wonderful, wonderful guy, hardworking, great work ethic. He would do his radio show in the morning and then come do our stuff and never, never bitch and complain, never a problem one. And um, just got to the point where he was he was too busy and had other opportunities. But you go back and you look at one of the Slammy Awards where Todd Pettengill came out and sang and did a deal like uh, Billy Crystal had done at the Oscars. And Todd came out and did that for us. And it was absolutely fabulous. I don't remember you know, which one it was, but just go back and look at Todd Pettengill Slammy Open. Highly entertaining. I think it was 90, uh, 97 in Chicago. I couldn't be wrong. Um, 
we had a bunch of questions about Vince, and I think this one made me laugh the most. How do you think Vince would do on the show? The price is right. I feel like it's been a long time since Vince actually. <laughs> Like if Vince had to guess what a fucking thing of Velveeta costs or a gallon of milk, like Vince is not grocery shop. He doesn't know everything's a dollar. God damn. I don't know. Or it's like $100. Yes. How did you get that? God damn. You got a tip pal. You know, so he's round up. Right. Right. So it's the smallest I had. <laughs> the fuck am I gonna do a change? I don't know. It just tickles me the idea of Vince on the Price is Right. Um, well, fortune. <laughs> Give me a quadrant. Uh, it's it, it, it's a letter, Vince. I'd like to buy all the vowels. Give them all to me. X, Y, and Z. Kurt Angle told the story once on the uh, plane ride from hell. Uh, Vince wanted to test him. He wanted to wrestle Kurt Angle. So he keeps trying to take down Kurt, whether it's, you know, from behind or whatever, just whatever. He wanted to wrestle Kurt. Well, supposedly they were annoying the pilot and the pilot sent a stewardess back to say, Hey, uh, the pilot says, if you don't return to your seats and stop wrestling in the aisle, he's going to land the plane. And so, and Kurt says <laughs> that Vince who had had a little bit of wine that day said, Fuck the pilot. I'll buy the goddamn plane. <laughs> the idea that he's on prices, right? Like how much for a gallon of milk? $80. I don't fucking know. Well, you know, I, I'm trying to, because I was on the flight that curtain them. I think people get that one confused with the plane ride from hell. I don't oh. think they were, that, that wasn't the same flight. Okay. Either way though. It's funny to imagine. Vince on a game show, trying to guess what a block of cheese costs. I don't know. It just tickles me. Oh, or it's, it's a device. This is, you know, a Hoover vacuum cleaner that right. gets up and like, the fuck is what the, I've got a maid. The hell do we need this for? Can we phone a friend? Let me ask yeah. her. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tim Burr says on Joe Rogan's podcast, the undertaker confirmed he thought he was going to be Eggman. He also said Vince had the gimmick for some time waiting for the right guy. I don't think Timber was watching the same episode, but, uh, did you see Rogan and the undertaker's conversation? what did you think of, uh, his conversation about Eggman? I didn't, you know, I heard, I know Mark's paranoia about that, which was kind of funny, which was one of the reasons that we just got to let him think that for a while. But, you know, I've heard this, this theory that Vince always had this undertaker gimmick. Um, and maybe he did, uh, when you look at the character and how it came and, and that was, what am I going to do with this guy? And I was being very selfish in, in my end looking for someone to manage and really wanting to manage mean Mark at the time. Um, Vince came up with the character name, uh, the undertaker Vince, you know, the look and all that shit other than, you know, I wanted him all in black. Um, so this is definitely a collaborative effort. And I've heard, you know, black Bart talk about how, you know, I was supposed to, I was the original undertaker. I've turned that shit down, make more money working the sportatorium on a Wednesday night. Uh, I don't think that happened. Yeah. It's hard to imagine that that being a thing, Charlie thrower has a good question. He says, 
Mr. Pritchard, did you get to work with Judas Macias? Probably said that wrong. AKA Ricky Banderas during your run in TNA. Why don't you think he ever got a shot in WWE? It feels like Vince McMahon would have loved him. I didn't work. I did not work with Ricky in TNA. I worked with Ricky in Puerto Rico and Mexico. Um, even Japan, I, I believe, uh, with Victor Quinones. So Ricky was a Victor guy that Victor got booked all over the world and great, great guy. We brought Ricky in for a couple of tryouts and just didn't really, you know, different style. Let's just put it that way. A, a completely different style and a different philosophy and how they would go about the business. But, um, you know, you look at the stuff that he's done now and I go, Hey, good for him. You want to laugh at one Bruce? No, I don't want to laugh. Damn it. Has Bruce had time to work on his book since he went back to work for WWE? <laughs> and here's the funny thing. Okay. I'm not supposed to talk about, um, uh, current stuff. I was talking about, uh, the book last night. Really? Yeah. And so I, <laughs> the idea that, Hey, if you ever take a vacation, you'll start working on some of it. No, you know what? If I ever take a vacation, which I, I, I booked last night. What? Oh, uh, I did. I did. I just, I just said, fuck it. And I booked, uh, airline tickets last night. It just said, fuck it. We're going May 1st to 7th. Um, good for you. And I knew that if I booked tickets that I, with the kids and everybody and everything that I would force me yeah. to do it. And then after I did it, uh, somebody said to me, he goes, um, you know, we got like three people on vacation that Friday. I said, Hey, well, bummer for one of y'all motherfuckers. I love that. Uh, had Vince not gone with Brett as the next big face of the company during the nineties, who else do you think would have slid into that role? You know, there was discussion about Tito. I wonder, you know, had we had our backs against the wall, whether or not we would have just said, let's go with Sean. Because Sean was creep, you know, Sean was creeping up there and uh, maybe we had gone, we might have gone with Sean at that time had we not gone with Brett. One of my favorite brother love segments was with Jimmy Snuka and the discussion of his, I love you hand sign before honky blasted him with a guitar. Mr. Pritchard. Can you share anything about this particular segment? Lovely brother. Jimmy's not a man of, uh, many words. And, uh, so to try and, and get, yeah, Jimmy didn't read or write and to try to get Jimmy to do promos and things like that could, could be somewhat difficult and just had to do something very simple for him. Jimmy knew the, I love you brother. And, uh, that was Jimmy. That was real. So just going out there, put some words in his mouth and, uh, stand here, Jimmy. <laughs> okay. Guitar's coming from over there. Just stand here. Look good. And it, it was, it was good. Speaking of honky tonk, man, have you seen the, uh, the picture that he posted in the last week or so on social media? Holy cow. So I saw the picture and I kept staring at it. Cause I kept looking at it going, I know that man, guy. I, I know this guy. Yeah. 
And for me, going back to rock and roll, Wayne Ferris, right? That's where I went. And then, oh no, goddamn that! And then when somebody this honky tonk man, I was like, son of a bitch. Then all the even more the the rock and roll Wayne Ferris came out. But uh, I think he looks pretty good like that. It's an interesting look. It looks like uh, Kenny Rogers a little bit. What's that? He looks a little like Grizzly Adams. I could go with that. Yeah, it looks kind of like Larry Thompson. You know, he's got longer hair than Larry Thompson, but it ain't too far away. I know, right? Uh, here's a follow-up from a previous episode. Charlie wants to know, Bruce, did you ever learn about baby Billy? Of course, we're talking about the righteous gemstones. Do you remember that character? I sure did. Shuffle back step. Love it. It's so great. What are you Absolutely watching? Absolutely love it. When you're on the plane and everybody's asleep and you've got quiet time. <laughs> uh, have, you, <laughs> have you have you watched when any I'm not texting? Yeah. When <laughs> you're not texting me at one in the morning, wake up, fat boy, talk to me. I'm bored. Uh, uh, I'm on a plane. <laughs> Lights are dim. No one's talking to me. I just ate a turkey sandwich. What are you doing? Yes. They didn't have no turkey for me. Help me. <laughs> Chat me up. Are you watching anything you like these days in your free, in your 12 minutes of free time a week? Have you caught a few minutes or something? I tell you, I tell you, you know what, you know what? Um, there was something on God damn it. I, I can't even, I can't even tell you how I got it, but it was some guy doing a thing on your buddy. Um, the guy out in California that, uh, makes up things and writes them down and talks about it. Oh, Ron punches. Ron's great. No, no. Dan, Dan Soder. I thought he was in New York now. No, no, neither. Neither one of them just make up shit and yeah, and that's what they do. They're perfect. funny. They make up stuff and make us laugh and they're entertaining and good, good human beings. Oh, are you talking about wrestling? Yeah. And, okay. and so this, this, uh, but this guy rips on, um, uh, some, some, uh, holier than thou, uh, person. Oh, it was hilarious. It was good. It was about a two minute little piece about just, Oh, you're talking about Chernoff. Josh Chernoff did a whole little thing ripping on a tweet that Meltzer sent out. That's what you're talking about. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like Josh Chernoff, but I wish you wouldn't have done that. Pender J says was it's true. Was Goldust hurt during the backlot brawl at WrestleMania 12? Uh, my first live event in many years was the following month at In Your House, Good Friends, Better Enemies, and he was supposed to wrestle The Undertaker. I'm sure he was. There was some real physicality in that. He had to come out of that with some bumps and bruises and scrapes. Well, shit, we went to the we immediately went to the hospital after everything was done. <laughs> Everybody checked out. Piper's wrist was broken. Goldust was fine. Oh, yeah, it was great. And then we went to that famous, uh, Jewish deli in Hollywood, um, berries or something. I don't know, but everybody in Hollywood will probably correct me. Both my friends there will say, no, you dumbass. But it was, it was, uh, it was great. Cause you had Dustin and Piper and me and Vince and we're sitting there eating pastrami sandwiches or, or whatever. And yeah. And, and matzo ball soup. 
Kevin Dern says, were there any stars who debuted when you weren't with the WWF who didn't have vignettes that you would have liked to have created vignettes for, for better or worse, Bruce, you've sort of become known amongst wrestling fans online as the vignette guy, because you did the Mr. Perfect ones and the DiBiase ones, et cetera, et cetera. Was there a character that popped up while you weren't around that you thought, man, I could have did something cool with that. Hmm. Probably Finn Balor, uh, would, would be one, um, back, you know, back in the day. And I don't know. Cause I didn't, you know, I, I don't know. It was, it was fringe watching at the time, not really studying. Right. Ken Brzezinski says if the boss was still around today, who are some of the guys he would have liked and maybe not liked? Hmm. Uh, I think that the boss would have talking about Andre here, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that Andre would have liked too much about, you know, the, the, the the business or the boys today from you know vodka and they're like no monster i monster try that put vodka in it it's better um he wouldn't like bray wyatt or the fiend you throw fire you are a bad man (laughs) maybe no i think he actually i think he probably would have liked bray because of his uh lineage oh sure Hmm, I stuck my thumb up your grandfather's butt. <laughs> um, so he would like that. You know, he would he would like Randy Orton. Right. I stuck my thumb up your dad's butt. <laughs> um, <laughs> hmm, cowboys, I fart on him. <laughs> uh, the, the rest of them it's it's i think the the whole uh you know we don't guys don't go out and party like they used to man i shit you know no, nobody does i know oh, he would have liked ziggler ziggler knows how to have a good time he might like ziggler maybe a little bit flair flair's still around all these years later he'd have had fun with that yeah. Can you imagine the trouble that would have been that that's a sitcom right there. If Andre were still around today, drinking with flair at an airport bar pre COVID. Ooh, my God. Yeah, that writes itself. Uh, Luke from Eastern Iowa says any professor Toro Tanaka stories. I first saw him in three ninjas and the running man. He always seemed pretty intimidating. Toro Tanaka. The very first time that I ever announced I was 14 years old in the Sam Houston Coliseum and the very first match involved Toro Tanaka. So both participants in the match would make their way, walk down to the ring. They would get in the ring. Me as ring announcer, I would get in the ring and I uh, would, you would welcome the audience and you would ask them to stand for the playing of our national anthem. And I get in the ring and of course, this is my first time, 14 years old and they're, they're recording everything. And I asked everyone, I said, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sam Houston Coliseum. Uh, before we get things underway, if you will, please stand for the playing of our natural anthem. Oh, gosh. So as the national anthem's playing, I realized that I said natural anthem. And, of course, heard that from everybody until the end of time. But then I get to announce Toro Tanaka. 
who I had watched since I was a very small kid. And I said, and in the blue corner, weighing in at 265 pounds from Yokohama, Japan, Toro Tanaka. It's not Yokohama. It's Yokohama. Yeah. And I kind of fucked up. So he was the first person I ever got to introduce as ring announcer. And I completely fucked up his introduction. But he was a very, very, very nice man. Very gentle, really nice, sweetheart of a guy. Hey, got a quick question. What if you could save over $7,000 a year? $7,000 a year. John up in Monroe, Connecticut just did that at SaveWithConrad.com. And he left us a five-star review. He had this to say. I really appreciate Jimmy's communication throughout the process. He always followed up his emails with a text to both my wife and I, making sure we didn't miss anything. We had 27 years left on our mortgage. Jimmy helped us knock two years off and we still saved $600 a month. Big thank you to everyone at first family mortgage. Think about that. They're paying their house off two years faster. And you know how much that is, you know, to the penny, what your mortgage is multiply that by 24. And that's how much they save just by cutting those two years off. But more importantly, 600 bucks a month. Are you kidding? Why wouldn't you do this? You can get out of debt faster and do it with cheaper monthly payments. I know it sounds too good to be true, but let me run the numbers for you. It's no cost, no obligation. We're routinely helping wrestling fans around the country. Just like you save tens of thousands of dollars. How much can you save? Find out right now for free at SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. John saved more than seven grand a year. What are you waiting for? You even get to skip your next two house payments at SaveWithConrad.com. Uh, Josh says, what character is closer to the real personality of Vince McMahon? The Mr. McMahon character or Vince McMahon, the commentator and host. Oh God, Mr. McMahon, the character. No, miss, that's not a character. She's like, Hey, go Vince. This guy did this. Go do what you would do. It writes itself. Josh Rado says, I'd love to know what went into deciding to do away with the traditional survivor series style matches that happened in 1992. <sighs> Hated it. Uh, and in, in 92, I wasn't there. Was I? Uh, yeah. You had just come back. I just come back, but, but the deal is, you know, you moved away from teams of five strive to survive and there's this elimination thing and blah, blah, blah. And you just started to do away with that process slowly, but surely the feeling was, was that attractions are what are what sell and personal issues and to get back to the championship matches and having a feature match. Um, the feeling was by marketing and promotions and Vince and everybody that unanimously with the exception of Pat and myself, they felt we needed more than just this concept. And so we started doing matches. Um, I would, I would say until, <laughs> you know, and until the very end, Pat, like the, the concept matches as did I, here's an interesting one that I don't guess there's a wrong answer, but you're probably going to get criticized either way. Dave McClay says, who do you think was a bigger star for kids in general, Hulk Hogan or John Cena? <sighs> bigger or better. 
I mean, I, the, the question is bigger. I think that it, um, they both, both own their era. I think that that's, that's a toss up because, you know, completely different eras. It wasn't like, okay, Hogan finishes up his run. Here comes Cena. It was completely different generations that had never even in many ways, even been exposed to Hulk Hogan by the time John Cena came along and John Cena was their only thing. And but Hulk Hogan was the first and man, Hulk was a maniac and the, that audience, that kid audience loved him. Cena never broke. That audience of kids loved him, you know, hustle, loyalty, respect. And and that was, that was his mantra. Eat your prayers, say your vitamins and train. That was Hulk's. It's, they were different and at different times, but they owned their eras. Let's talk a little bit about, uh, Sting for a moment. This is a great question. We've probably talked about this before, but it's worth revisiting. Union Jack says, was the WWF ever close to signing Sting away from WCW? And if so, when was that happening? Well, we had, we had talks in 88. Um, we had talks, you know, at different times about, Hey, you know, Steve, would you be interested in coming over. They just never, they never got further than talks and they never really materialized beyond that. At the same time we had warrior and I believe that Vince looked at it as, well, I've got warrior. What do I need another warrior for? Um, and I think that sting kind of looked at it like that. Like warriors doing our gimmick up there. I'll do it down here. And there was a comfort. There was a comfort comfort with WCW and Sting. Mike Whitaker says, "You and Vince walk into a bar. What's everyone drinking?" Depends on what what the night is. Back in the day, I'm drinking uh, Coors Light, and he's drinking Dewars. These days, you're drinking wine, or are you drinking? Vodka? Yeah, I've turned into a wino. Yeah. You know, a little Pinot Noir. Give me the cheap shit. Okay. Uh, this is a fun one from Jamesy boy. He says, what's your favorite commercial starring a WWE superstar? Hmm. <laughs> Hands down, uh, the Miller light commercial, the super bowl with, uh, Euchre and everybody and, and John Madden and they take the masks off. Yeah. That was, good. that was my favorite. Let's do one about, uh, tattoos. Josiah says, what does Vince think of tattoos? Is he for them or against them? Do you re remember there ever being an instance where a superstar getting tattoos deterred their push? Yeah. Undertaker, man. I told him from day one, <laughs> when he got that first big tattoo, oh, God damn it, Mark. Stop. This is going to ruin your career. There's, you know, you're going to limit yourself. It's very bad for your career. Your push has stopped right now. I'm going to stop pushing you. Um, no. Um, part of that is 100% true. <laughs> the advice that I gave Taker, don't ever get a tattoo. I don't know. You know, there have been some that he was probably going, what the hell? What the hell did you do? 
why'd you do that? But especially now in the 2000s where tattoos don't have the same stigma that they had in the 70s and 80s, it's a little different. Yeah. This is one from a, like, okay. Like the tattoos that you have, I, I don't have a tattoo. Now, Come on. Conrad, it's me. Nobody's listening. Okay. 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 Your tattoos. Right. You know? Yeah. Sure. So, I, you know, we're not only a few people have seen that. Speaking of uh, me, Joseph wants to know what is, Hey, Hey, it's Conrad's most annoying habit. Saying, hey, hey, it's Conrad. Come on. Or you can give him one. I'm sure there's something. What, the most annoying? Yeah, what's my most annoying habit? Chat me up, but that's cute. Yeah. Well, especially since I knew that you guys uh, started having fun with it. So I've turned it into a thing now whenever you put me on speaker. <laughs> uh, Jeremy wants to know if you had turned uh, Hogan heel. What a warrior Hogan rematch at WrestleMania. I tell you what his most annoying fucking habit is, is no matter what, goddamn fucking everything can be crumbling all around you. And this motherfucker will just sit there and go, ah, yeah, well, it could be worse. You know, hey, you, you want to watch this movie? Yeah. That, that <laughs> eternal fucking <laughs> happiness bullshit. It does annoy you. It does. I'm in hell and you're not selling it. Look around. We're dying here. Okay, cool. What do you want for lunch today? (laughs) Oh shit, man. No, we can't get the, uh, turkey and chicken wings right now because uh, the hurricane came and the tornado picked them up and swept them away. But I mean, we can look out. Some of that shit might fly by here. I don't know. Well, let's see what we got on Grubhub. Yeah. And 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 let me give you this other little insight. Oh, here we go. Here we go. You know how when you use those little food services and the Grubhubs and all that shit of the world? Well, this motherfucker, like, he he goes direct. Like, he does the Grubhub thing, but, like, the restaurant's in column. go, oh, hey, Mr. Thompson, sorry, we saw, we're closed, but we saw your order come through and your request, so what would you like? Oh, yeah, we're out of, we're out of ribs, but I've got some on the side. I'll put them in the bag. That did happen once. I think somebody called and said that they were happened out. happened more than once. And then I got it done, yeah. But, again, yeah. here's <laughs> the thing. If you're catering for the office all the time, then they start to get used to your name and you're good to go. It's called privileges, baby. Come on. Well, you rich people. Okay. There we go. Uh, Grant Cameron says if Eric Bischoff had hypothetically won the Monday night war, what would the title of Vince's podcast with Conrad be? Hey pal. I like that. Hey pal's a good one. Uh, Michael wants to know what is Vince McMahon and Conrad Thompson. Hey, Hey, it's Conrad. Hey pal. (coughs) Uh, Michael Ravel says, why did it take so long for the women to get a Royal rumble match? Was it the lack of the roster numbers back in the day? I mean, yeah, you probably didn't have 30 women on the roster until the last few years, right? Times change guys. Yeah. Uh, Mike wants to know what's the maddest Bruce has ever been at Conrad. I'm prepared to clip all this out. 
That goes down the list of, uh, personally, professionally, of uh, in the Conradison, out of the Conradison, <laughs> um, driving to the Conradison, um, not picking me up at the airport uh, while and, placing pickles in my room, okay, Conradison. That was a good one. You have to admit that was, that's the only real no, I ever oh, pulled. Hang on, man. hang on, hang on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm flying in. Yep. I'm, I'm coming to the Conradison and it was a championship game, right? This was taking place that night. Are you talking about flying pickle? to Huntsville, Alabama? Okay. And my plane's getting in late. It's delayed. I thought it was getting late. Yeah. And okay, great. But it wasn't that late. It was like 1030. So when I land, I says, yeah, man, I'm not feeling real good and everything. Just, you know, maybe just Uber, take a taxi. I, that's <laughs> not how it happened. That is how it happened. That is not how it happened. That is how it happened. They said you were sick. I was sick and it kept getting delayed. And you <laughs> said, I'll just get a ride. And I said, okay, yeah. you offered. Yeah. And I said, okay. He said, you said you could Uber or taxi. I said, yeah, I can Uber or taxi. That's just as fucking easy. Well, here's the thing though. I assume that I'm in a goddamn fucking city, major metropolis in the United States of America. Sure. And Arriving at 1030 at night in Huntsville, Alabama, apparently is after fucking hours. It is. Because there was the, the, the two, two taxi services yep. in town yep. were closed. Sure. The Uber in Huntsville it's was not, closed. Uber was, at the time was one, not allowed to pick up at the airport. That's true too. We didn't know that. We found out that night. Yeah. Not one person would come pick me up. I'm like, well, man, no taxis. The taxis aren't here. There's no, what am I supposed to do? So I'm going to go rent a car. There's one car, one car. It's true. Left at the one desk down at the bottom of the baggage claim. And there's six people in line. It's true. And the guy that gets the car was walking away. And I said, hey, man, um, look, I've been trying to get a taxi. <laughs> I tried to get an Uber. I've, I, I don't know what to do. And he says, where are you going? So I pull up the Conradison on my little map there, and I said, here. They said, oh, you're on the Conradison. I said, yes. Oh, God. Well, because they can all see, you can see it from the airport. Well, stop it. So I, basically, I pointed. Stop it. I said, I'm going up there on the, on top of that giant mountain right there. Yeah, the one with all the lights. Stop yeah, it. yeah, no, uh, no, it's 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 not a country club. It's it's a house. Just as Conradison. He goes, yeah, Conradison. He goes, it's a country club, right? Said, basically. So I had to find a stranger. I got in a car with a stranger. That's true. My bags. That's true. And... Put in Conrad's address and we made our way to the Conradison. And then when I got there, <laughs> there are pickles all over everything. I'm being as quiet as I can be. It's tremendous. Like a church mouse, just quiet as I can be. And I get up and there's fucking pickles everywhere. There's pickles on my pillow. There are pickles in the bathroom. There's a pickle in the toilet. 
There are pickles on the nightstand. There are pickles fucking everywhere in my goddamn elevator. (laughs) There's blown up pickles everywhere. So Mr. Sick, too sick to come pick me up at the fucking airport, is down at the bottom of the stairs. On the one, you know, he's on the executive level, right? The, the owner's suite level. Sure. I'm upstairs in the brother love suite, and I hear him laughing. So he's not too sick to get out of fucking bed and laugh. At me. <laughs> the fact that I had to ride with a goddamn stranger <laughs> and pay the stranger half of his rental car. Oh, that's so good. To get that ride, I said, hey, man. That's a great question. Oh, that, I forgot that part. Yeah, it was like, hey, man, I'll pay half half of that rental car for a day if you'll just give me a ride to the Conradson. And, I mean, literally, to the penny, the guy had, like, one of those change makers. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, hey, man, you owe me another uh, Nickel. 36 cents here. Yeah, you know, yeah no, here, here's, here's a buck. Keep it. Yeah. So that's the maddest. That's up there. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe there's some. Then again, what the fuck did I have to be mad about? Martin Ramirez says, uh, did you ever have any chocolate cake with Zeus during his time with the company? Don't understand the question. That must be one of y'all's little. Oh, uh, oh, uh, left-handed cigarettes is what people your age used to call them. Don't know what that is either. Marijuana pills, as Bill Watts called it. A dube, a joint, um, a J, a blunt, a bong. Weed. Yes. Mary Jane. Yeah. I don't think, I don't remember if we did or not. Because he traveled separately. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I don't think we did. Ross wants to know what is Bruce saying when he does an impression of Pat? It sounds like he's saying at a pace or something. That's a case. It's a pace. It's a chase. But what is that? Can you spell that? Like if you had to text that to me, what would you write in your phone? Have a case. That's a case. Okay. That's probably a boost. A boost. It's a My goodness. Uh, Mick wants to know any good Tony Chimmel stories. I feel like he gets overlooked because of how much we all love Howard Finkel, but he was a mainstay during the attitude era. <laughs> you know, if you ever have a chance to, uh, have John Bradshaw Layfield on any of your shit, just ask, 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 uh, Bradshaw about Tony Chimmel. He, he lives to give Chimmel shit. Yes, he does. I know. You if if Fred Flintstone were to be a human, it's Chimmel. Then it would be Chimmel. How, give me an example. I just they just look alike, and they're loud, and they're kind of um un very little self awareness. Uh, Chimmel's awesome though. I mean, Chimmel started man. He was. He was one of Joey Morella's buddies and, and from Philadelphia and that kind of crew with, with gorilla and worked his way up through the company. And 
busted his ass, man. Chimmel's one of those guys that if he needed something done, Chimmel would get it done. Hardworking guy and just a good dude. Joe Dangerously says, what was Mr. Perfect's best match? You know, um, there were a lot of them, but I would go back and I would say the SummerSlam with uh, 91, 91 with uh, Brett. Yeah. That's, where That's I like one of the greatest matches I've, I ever remember seeing. Agree. Carl Hayes says, what is your favorite breakfast meal to make at home? Are you a burrito type? Okay. If I'm making it. Yep. It's going to be eggs, turkey, and cheese all scrambled up. Very well done. If my wife is making it, are you familiar with crunch wraps? Uh, like the, yeah. Um, like yeah. Taco Bell. Yes. Okay. Well, like she makes, she like makes elaborate shit. Yeah. I know that she'll like make, she'll like make crunch wraps and shit and, and they'll be, you know, perfectly folded over and everything. And she'll have like salsa and sour cream and all that out there. And, um, yeah. However, the other day, my daughter made me a, uh, bacon, a little bit of cheese and egg sandwich. It was tremendous. Kevin Dern says you previously mentioned that you could have gone farther with Papa Shango quote, if you were there, can you elaborate? Did you have any cool ideas? Oh God. You know, it was, I would laugh and do the voodoo shit. And anybody that's Gilligan's Island fan, when the, uh, tribal chief and the voodoo guy came on the Island and he made voodoo dolls out of all the, the seven castaways and right. shit. I wanted to do shit like that. I wanted, I wasn't there. I'm just, I was just laughing. I wanted him to do like a voodoo doll of whoever he was working with and, and have the guy take bumps and shit. Oh, that's great. Papa Shango ever touching him and stuff like that. Uh, wanted to do the, the stick pin in the voodoo and, and then have warriors start puking and shit. But I wanted to see all that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, uh, sorry about that folks. That was my hand on the microphone because I move around. I talk with my hands a lot, even though you can't see me talking with my hands. I talk with my fucking hands. Um, had my hair done this morning. Um, but, uh, stuff like that, just really hokey things that all of you would have shit on. No, I love that. What you just laid out was tremendous. Uh, Kevin Dern says, was it ever considered to have Bruce as one of Vince's on-screen stooges during the attitude era? No. Why not? Do you think? I don't, you know, Pat, Jerry and Sarge were like official types. I wasn't. So I I think that, that for them in that role, in that on-camera role, I think they fit that beautifully. Um, Hugplex 20 says, have you been able to dig through your Houston wrestling stuff lately? Of course that became a topic online because I don't know, several weeks back now, uh, it looked like there was a Paul Bosch estate sale and there was some wrestling stuff that was listed there. And now some of it has started to pop up on eBay, but most of us who listen to this show thought you got all that. Have you had, yeah, you know, I got his personal, uh, his personal office and and everything in it. I I don't know why that stuff was left out, (laughs) you know, looking back and going, Hey, wait a minute. Um, shouldn't that have been a part of, of that look is what it is. And, 
Um, I'm glad I was able to help the family and I'm glad I got the stuff that I got. I, would I have liked to have had some of the stuff that I've seen online? Absolutely. Um, but I got, yeah, I've, I've gone through it. There's some, some really, really cool shit in there. Um, if anybody wants a pair of, uh, wool, I have from 19, it's gotta be 1930, a wool Long Island, New York lifeguard, two pairs, like one's, uh, looks like a singlet the lifeguard logo on it and then the other one is just a pair of shorts with the lifeguard logo on it because paul was the chief lifeguard on long island in new york and i've got i've got both of his swim trunks all of his swim trophies and stuff like that which is kind of cool made out of wool made out of wool wow so like the swim stuff was like wearing a sweater all over your body right to go into the water it's hard to imagine uh, huh it's hard to imagine that's a thing. Yeah. And and it's in it's in pretty damn good condition. I mean, as far as that kind of shit goes. It's interesting stuff like that and, and history things and, and his war stuff. Uh, have him his handwritten battle plans in in the Battle of Hurtkin Forest. Interesting shit like that. There's some there's some pretty cool stuff that yeah, for the relationship I had with Paul growing up as a kid, that means something to me. I uh, would like to have uh, the other shit that uh, <laughs> apparently was left out, but hey, that's life. Adam Arpin says, does Bruce ever get to, uh, or has he ever gotten to head to Foxwoods or Mohegan sun? If so, any fun stories, those are casinos in Connecticut, by the way, Bruce, you've lived up there on and off for a long, long time. You ever hit those casinos and have some fun stories? I hit him with you and Eric Bischoff when, uh, in 2019, we did our, our show up there and that was an awful lot of fun, Yes, it was. but I, other than work, no, never did the, the guy that was, first of all, he was a athletic commission in the state of New York, Randy Gordon. He was also with the magazine inside wrestling and the wrestler. He may have been an editor or something like that. Uh, but he was the first entertainment and sport or sports and entertainment director of, I believe, Mohegan Sun back in the day. Here's one. I don't think we've ever talked about it. Adam Leeson says, what's Bruce's favorite wrestling match of all time? Well, it's just for history sake, probably Jack Briscoe and Harley Race, July 20th, 1973 in the Sam Houston Coliseum in which Jack Briscoe defeated Harley Race in the third fall with the Luthez Press to win the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. What about a, a WWE era one? Not, not current stuff, but let's say your first run. Is there one that really sticks out where you're like, damn, that was the one. Again, for different reasons, I, you know, I, I look back and I think that that um, Warrior Hogan match was so significant at the time, yeah, that that was pretty cool. And I remember, you know, that was one of the first matches and, and first times that I'd ever been a part of. Hey, laying out a match ahead of time when when those guys would get together and and just we'd start talking about this match, and, and I thought that was really cool. 
So for me, again, for different reasons, I don't know that it was a classic that you're going to go, oh, my God, this is the greatest match of all time. At the time, for the story and the significance of it, huge match. Weird question here. Dismal Abysmal wants to know, who does Bruce think was a bigger hothead, Randy Savage or CM Punk? See, I never got the hothead CM Punk. Me so, either. Um, I never saw that or heard of it. I, you know, I, I, I never experienced that. So the nod would have to go to Randy Savage just based on that. But again, depending upon who you were and how you dealt with Randy, you got varying degrees of it. <coughs> you probably got the worst of it at times though. Did you not? I did because we were friends. And he felt like he could vent to you and it wouldn't be as bad as venting to Vince. So I would encourage him vent to me first before he vented to Vince. Right. I think, uh, JR's thing was, uh, converse. Don't confront when it comes to Vince. Is that good advice? Yes. Yes. Very WrestleManiac says whose idea was it to bring Greg Gagne in as a road agent in 06. And does Bruce think by 06, the Gagne still held resentment towards Vince for the handling of Hogan leaving the AWA in 83. I, I can't speak for what the Ganyas felt. Um, Greg came in uh, to help on the creative team, and that was a, a Stephanie call. Stephanie interviewed Greg and looked at him as you know a, a wrestling voice and a, and a wrestling head to be involved in the creative process. It just wasn't, you know, in, in Greg's head, I think Greg was all just about the wrestling and not about the story and, uh, has a, has a tre tremendous head for the business, but I don't know that a lot of it hasn't passed him by in some ways. Uh, Jack says, how did Bam Bam Bigelow end up in the movie major pain? Did the movie studio consult with the WWE and ask you guys to send someone or did he reach out to them directly? Or do you recall? I, the way I remember it was that this opportunity, they were looking for, you know, a big, nasty looking guy. And we offered up bam, bam. That's the way I remember it. And it, may, it could have been different, but I remember, um, God, what's the guy's name? Uh, Wayans. Yeah. Uh, There's two Wayans. brothers. Damon and Marlon are the two you're thinking of. And who's, who's the, like the producer one. Damon is the one who was on, who was the star of that movie. Th that his brother was like the kind of the brains. Oh, you're thinking about Keenan. I'm thinking about Keenan. Yeah. So, uh, I, I believe it was Keenan who reached out and, um, uh, just a, one of those creative types that you could sit to and talk to forever. As far as just a bright, bright, bright guy. And I, I, my recollection, that's how it happened. Uh, Christopher Wheeler says, what's the one town back when you were making towns across the country that you hated going to and why? Boston. Why uh, Boston? Because, because, because it was just so difficult to get around. Okay. Boston is just constantly under construction. I see. It was so hard to get around. Russ Papilla is going to ask a question that you're going to be annoyed with, but I want to add some context at the end. He says, Bruce, are you aware that AEW impact and new Japan currently have a working agreement? Please explain why the WWE will never be a part of a working co-op. Here's the thing. 
you guys had that going with ECW. You had it going with Smoky Mountain. You had it going with the NWA. I, I, I don't think that that's fair to say that you never will. You have before. What's your stance on that, Bruce? It's been done before, right? You guys have done that. We've done it plenty of times with plenty of companies. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I, I, that's a little ill-informed. That's kind of like one of those things that you probably read in uh, a dirt sheet oh. from California. Ian says, what was the last time Vince McMahon had a vacation? Had a what? Vacation. Vacation. A what? A vacation. Uh, yeah. I couldn't even begin to guess. I mean, his idea of vacation at this point is probably going to the shows, right? Well, that's his relaxation. Yes. Uh, his follow-up is what's Bruce's favorite place to go on vacation. A beach. Yeah. I thought so. There's a a beach with no one around and a private beach where they just bring you drinks in the water and feed you and no one talks to you. No phones. No, nothing. Here's the most weird question I'll ask today. Rory says, Bruce, do you shave your armpits? Uh, currently? No, but always did. Yeah. Wait, why did you? Oh God, it's much cleaner, much nicer. When it gets to the summer, I'll shave them. Yeah. I got the winter fur on now. <laughs> <laughs> the back tummy and pits will go. Wait. You shave your stomach too. Oh, baby. Listen, you gotta shave your, you gotta shave your tummy here. It, it slims you. You got all that hand shit I on remember that. This now. It, it makes make you look sloppy and, and fat. So you shave and I'm looking to dream more, but I did it. I still look sloppy and fat, but I got a fucking smooth belly. Chris wants to know, has Bruce seen Cobra Kai season three? Yes. A, a lot of people online think it's some of the best quote unquote wrestling storytelling around. What'd you think of Cobra Kai? I thought it was excellent. Absolutely excellent. And I don't want it to end. Uh, is Vince a big soft teddy bear around his grandkids? Yes. He likes being a grandfather. Uh, what was the contingency? If any, you had for the 94 Royal rumble, if Brett's feet did hit first, um, well, we had it covered camera wise that if they didn't, that it, they would have, um, that there at least could have been controversy. We just wouldn't have had, we wouldn't have shown those shots. Uh, but from our vantage point, had a lot of faith in Brett and Brett nailed it. That Kevin, was all on Brett. Kevin wants to know, do you think a brother love character could work in today's environment? You know, Normally I would say no, but maybe you, you never know. I think that it would be, have to be tweaked considerably, but there could be room for that type of character. Interesting question. Why did SummerSlams used to be on a Monday? Don't know. Just. You know, shit, we had Saturday night pay-per-views too. It's Thursday, Wednesday nights, Tuesday nights. Until we finally just settled on Sunday night as pay-per-view night. Was that based on some sort of study? Was it based on a request from the, uh, the cable providers or were you guys just doing old school A and B testing and saw that's where it performed best? 
you act like there was testing and shit. No, it was like maybe the building was available on a Monday night. Oh, I got you. Like garden, the garden ran on Monday night, or that town ran on Monday night. It, it, it. There wasn't a whole lot of rhyme or reason, or let's get this study. You didn't do that back then. Lee says, "Why did it take so long to have a British royal champion?" Of course, he's talking about Drew McIntyre. I'm sure. The only other person who maybe had a sniff at it before was the British Bulldog, right? Well, I, I always, <sighs> that's just funny to me. Um, Drew Scottish, I guess United Kingdom. He's not British. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I, I, well, I, I, here's the follow-up. I guess he's really asking, will the UK ever host one of the big four pay-per-views again? I know you weren't there for SummerSlam 92. And I know the story is SummerSlam 92 did not do well on pay-per-view. And a lot of people think that's because of the tape delay. Is that really the primary reason that we, we didn't see more international pay-per-views? Like there wasn't a WrestleMania in London, so to speak. Um, Expense. You got to get everybody over there. Right. It's quite expensive. You, you've got travel, you've got equipment, you have technology differences. And the, the, that expense, when you look at, you know, time change and everything else, if live is a big selling point for pay-per-view. Yes, it is. And if you're doing something at, noon on Sunday that you're used to getting at six or seven in the evening, there's just going to be less buy just in general. And the cost is definitely just a lot higher. Keith wants to know what's your favorite vignette you ever helped produce. Hmm. You know, I had, I had so much fun doing the dusty vignettes and the Mr. Perfect vignettes. Um, I, they, God, they were all fun. Um, the big boss man vignettes. Oh, Jesus Christ. We went into, uh, the Danbury prison, which was full of prisoners. And they took the prisoners from one cell block and moved them like the entire cell block and move them out so that we could shoot in there, but they could still see us from where they were. And it was, um, it was interesting. It was interesting. And, and so the, those were fun and, and interesting and kind of put you on edge a little bit being, being in the, the lowest floor of the Cobb County, uh, prison being surrounded by <laughs> prisoners and shit was a little, little kabuki-ish and, and a little crazy, but they were all fun. I mean, I, I can't look at any of them and go, Oh, Jesus Christ. I hated that. Well, I actually, I can let's to go that way. The Tatanka shit up in the foothills of South Dakota was absolutely painstakingly brutal. Why was it brutal? It was brutal from from a crew standpoint and from, you know, different things going on in the company that there was 
process and procedure put in that made no sense. It was put in by people that didn't uh, actually have to go out and do things. So where I'm used to, when I would walk onto a set or I would walk onto a shoot, um, I'm in charge. So I pretty much tell everybody what to do, talent, the crew, everything. And that was set up, you know, in a way that the, there was a, like a crew boss, there was a director, there was a DP, um, which is cameraman for you and me and all this other shit. And it was, I'm talking to talent directly, telling talent what to do and how to do it. And then I started talking to the cameraman who got upset that I said, what's, what's your, what's the cameraman's name? I'm not a cameraman. I'm a DP. Mm. The fuck's a DP. Um, so it was just, it was tough getting through and it just wasn't fun. You go out and do that shit, man. You gotta have fun. Jason says in hindsight, would you rebook WrestleMania 10 for myself? I would have done an advertised main event. Well, I thought that with the way that we did it, um, it had, it had people guessing and you didn't know what we were going to do, but I think it was interesting enough that you wanted to tune in and see what we would do. No, I agree with that. Uh, this is one that I know you're going to have fun with eighties wrestling fans says I was at the Arco arena on November 16th, 1988, when you debuted in the ring with Hulk versus or Hulk and slick What were the reaction of the boys in the back to your performance. Uh, B Brian Blair was reportedly fired that night and Don Morocco was also fired around that time. Any memories of them or that event? Oh, I remember the event very well because I was terrified taking that bump over the top uh, and being handcuffed. So when we first did it, we did it with uh, regular handcuffs. And I had nowhere to go because I couldn't hang myself. It was going to break my wrist. And right. I, I got over the top and I caught myself on the apron. I'm like, going, yeah, this, this isn't going to work. And so we went to the shackles which had the chain and everything so that I could at least get all the way to the floor. Um, still damn near broke my wrist, but I remember Marty Gennetti uh, taking me out to the ring and Marty showing me how to take the bump easy with, with Hulk and just, just did it. But you talk about, first of all, I think it was one of the first events ever in Arco arena. And it was one of those arenas that went straight up. So when you were in the middle of the ring, it felt like the audience was right on top of you. And that's, that's just magic when you're a performer in the middle of the ring, because they, they reacted to everything. Hogan was the first one to get his hands on me and touch me in any way. So that was, uh, I had, I had some heat going into that and it was electric and, and one of the high points of my career. It is the high point, probably in my performing career. Aaron cheek says any good stories from syndicated TV voiceover sessions. You had to have some fun (laughs) on some of those. Oh God. Um, you know, the, the, the most fun, a lot of times is is just, especially working with gorilla and Bobby is what are they going to come up with? And the, the, the funny thing about it is, is people would think that so much of that was written and 
what have you, and they rehearsed. And the beauty of it was we would sit down, we would talk about the stories, we would talk about what points we want to get across, and then the talent did their job. And Monsoon and Heenan were fabulous at doing that. Um, there wasn't a lot of say this, say that, or go here. It's like, okay, hey guys, it's a reminder of the story, and they would go out and do it. But you would just be double over in laughter with some of the things that would come out of uh, Monsoon and Heenan. With Vince and Jesse and Bruno, <laughs> a lot of times it was massaging Bruno because Bruno didn't know if Jesse was making fun of him or not. And, you know, thought sometimes that we were feeding Jesse shit and didn't get, hey, it's a work. This is the dynamic here, Bruno, that Jesse's going to fuck with you. Um, but Bruno was always a gentleman and, and it was, it was good, but never, um, later on when John Filippelli came in and, you know, wanted more say in things. And there was a, uh, a, a voiceover one time that honky tonk man and Roddy Piper were the two, you know, analyst in color and Piper called, Honky, a grease ball. And Flip got very upset because he felt it was a derogatory term towards Italians. And Piper's looked at him and goes, he's not Italian. Right. And he says, ah, you can't do that because it's derogatory. He goes, take a look at him. <laughs> I mean, look at him. What did you call a guy that looked like that in the 50s? Right which is what he's portraying a guy from the fifties. Yeah. He's a grease ball. And uh, that was an argument that, that we lost because it was one of flips first times in there. And, you know, so you had to kind of put him over. Okay. You win. Okay. Yeah. We won't say grease ball. Sure. But I, I agreed. I said, if he was Italian, wouldn't even enter the conversation, but yeah, shit like that. Ron says if roles were reversed and the WWF had to sell the WCW back in the day, what are the chances we would have seen Vince on TNT eventually? You never say never, but I don't think that would have happened. John says had Bret Hart never left. Do you think McMahon Austin would have been as big as it came to be? Possibly, possibly, but I, I don't think that that character would have would have made its way onto TV, Mr. McMahon. The, the Mr. McMahon character was formed out of that interview with Jr. Great question uh, about Piper from Mr. Cherry here. He says, when you came in, Roddy was already a face and was never really a heel again for the remainder of his career. Were there ever any plans to turn him heel again? I know people loved him, but he seemed to get so much heat as a heel and the heat draws the money, right? Well, we tried to get Roddy as a heel when he came back with Sean O'Hare and had Roddy cutting his Roddy Piper heel promos and what have you, and nobody wanted to boo Roddy. But he was hard. He was hard to hate. It's too entertaining. Uh, Mike Kelly says, what's the story about Morocco's firing in 88? I don't know. You said that, you know, talking about Sacramento. I had absolutely no idea. Uh, Corey says, who did Bruce enjoy working with more Lisa Wolf or Fantasio? Hmm. 
One's Dragon Lady, and the other one damn near burned me up. I'll go with the one that damn near burned me up. You'd rather work with that guy? Yeah. Okay. I'd rather work with the guy that set the small place on fire in which I had no escape from than the <laughs> other one. Man of the 90s says, what are your memories of announcing for Memphis Championship Wrestling in 2000 and dealing with Terry Golden as a promoter? Wow. Well, okay. There's something going on here because I had this question asked to me, uh, last night. Really? So that, that's, that's really, really, really funny. Um, I thought Terry Golden was a, a good promoter, a good guy. And he, he did well by us and in, in my opinion. And then, you know, we kind of retied things with Jerry Lawler and, and everybody and made that change again. But, um, you know, it was, it was fun. It was an outlet, but <laughs> it, you know, it, it's one of those things where you're allowed to go out and, and just do whatever you want to do and play with no supervision. And that's what it was like there during that time, being a, a character for a few weeks on their show. We'll do two more and then we'll wrap things up. WWE fan says if warrior and flair both stick around and Hogan doesn't come back, what do you think the rumble in 93 and mania nine would have wound up looking like? That is sort of interesting to think no Hogan to run in at the end. And you've got warrior and flair on the roster. What might it have looked like if you had to fantasy book real fast? God, I, I don't think I would have ever wanted to see uh, Flair and Warrior. That's for sure. No, of course not. But you could have um, done Flair and Brett. That would have been interesting. And and I guess Warrior Yoko, if you really wanted to pass the torch to Yoko. Now, Warrior Yoko would have been very interesting. That that definitely would have been very interesting. Um. We, you know, by the time I'd gotten back and everything happened, everything got blown up at, at Survivor Series. I don't know that we had even discussed at that point what it would have been, what the hell WrestleMania Nine was going to be, because hmm. we hadn't even made the decision on Yoko yet. Right. Last one. Who's the person that you feel was really before their time? The person that wasn't on top in their era but would be a multiple time world champion in a subsequent era. Hmm. Well, I've always said, you know, this may not answer the question, but Gino Hernandez, I think Gino Hernandez had he lived and been able, um, to go to WWE, I think would have been one of the biggest stars in the world. Yeah. Just off, off of his personality and, and his, his workability as well. Um, wow. I think diesel 10 years earlier. Would have, would have been a mega star because he had the size, he had the look, he had the charisma. So diesel in like 84, 85 instead of 94, 95. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yep. Well, all right, boys and girls, that'll do it for us this week on ask Bruce, anything, a special little bonus edition, a little Saturday drop. Uh, our plan is to be back next week to talk about WrestleMania 12. 
What do you think we'll talk about next week, Bruce? Well, WrestleMania 12 was very special to me because it was the WrestleMania that I went out and then I got married, uh, the April 3rd, the Wednesday after it. I think that's right timing, but it was definitely after WrestleMania 12, but it was Iron Man match, man. It was all about Brett and Sean. And I think an incredible Iron Man match. No, you didn't like it, but I thought it was excellent. And we can also talk about undertaker and diesel and just so much of the controversy as we, led into that WrestleMania warriors return with triple H Mark Merrow, the wild man, Mark Merrow. And the first time that we ever saw Sable all on that card. Um, and of course, you know, not to mention Piper and the Hollywood backlot brawl and what could have been, Holy shit. There's so many stories, so much drama, uh, around WrestleMania 12 that, uh, we'll dig into that pretty deep and have some fun with it. See, there you go. Bruce is ready to record. We just got to find the time and we're going to try to do it this weekend. If we can't, we'll try to steal a few minutes during the week, but we look forward to being back with you next week, right here to talk about WrestleMania 12 right here on something to wrestle with actually Bruce Pritchard rock on. Does anything beat good customer service? I mean, I mean, sometimes we have a really great experience at a restaurant or a delivery experience or a contractor at our house, nothing beats great customer service. And we know that at SaveWithConrad.com. check this out. John up in Houston, Texas left us a five-star review and had this to say, I had a great experience with first family. They made me feel like I was their only customer. Dude, what a great compliment that is. And isn't that the goal? You don't want to just feel like you're a number. And how about this? Here's a great one from Brett in Apoe, Florida. He left us a five-star review and he says, from start to finish, Derek was so patient and so understanding with all my questions. First Family Mortgage helped me when the other mortgage companies people suggested wouldn't even return my phone calls. I'm so thankful to the entire team. We want to do a great job for you. And if we can't help you save some cash, we won't waste your time. So why wouldn't you let us run the numbers? you're in a 30 year loan, if you've got credit card debt, if you've got a second mortgage, it's not a matter of if we can save you money. It's a matter of how much find out how much money you can save for free right now at SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number six, five, zero, eight, four equal housing lender. Oh, did I mention no house payments for two months? Come on. It's SaveWithConrad.com. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? Yeah, how many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on a sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.